let's get started. We're on 47B, and we're right at the bottom of the page. And we're trying to bring a, a Tanya, a Brisa, that supports the opinion of Rav Nachman, okay? So Tanya Kavase de Rav Nachman. We learned in a Brisa like the opinion of Rav Nachman. Shemini, the eighth day, Regel Bethne Asmo. It is a holiday on its own. It's its own um, separate, discrete holiday. Le'inyin, Pazar Kashav. When it comes to the Pazar Kashav, Pazar Kashav is in a, a, um, an abbreviation. Not abbreviation, what's the other word? Um, when An acronym, right? So it's an acronym for Pious Bethne Asmo. It has its own um, Pious. It has its own lottery. Right, the own lottery that on the eighth day they needed to do a lottery. On the first seven days, they did not need to do a lottery because there were so many sacrifices between the bulls and the cows and the bulls and the lambs and the sheep that they wouldn't even need to make a, uh, a separate lottery because everybody would get a job if they wanted one, right? The Kohanim. So only on the eighth day, when they only did one bull, would they need to make a separate lottery. Zman Bafne Atzmo, they made its own Chechianu. Regel Bafne Atzmo, it, it's clearly its own holiday because you don't have to stay in the sukkah anymore. Korban Bafne Atzmo. The amount of bulls that you bring is not six, but rather it is, um, it's only one bull. Shira b'fnei atzmo, it has its own song. Bracha b'fnei atzmo, and it has its own blessing to be made. Okay, new mission. Ha-halal simcha shmona. When you say halal and you bring the shlamim of the simcha, the happiness uh, offerings of simcha, they're eight days total. Ketzad, how is this so? What the Mishnah says is clearly this is teaching us that you are obliged to say halal and to rejoice with the special offerings that we bring on the Yom Tov, even on the eighth day of Sukkot as well, on Shemini Ateris, right? Now, to be clear, we talk about bringing karbanos. So there are certain karbanos that we bring as a nation on Sukkot and on and every holiday. And then there are other karbanas that instead of bringing as a nation, we bring as individuals and we eat that together with our family. Most of it, we get eaten together with our family and it is a tremendously joyful meal. How do you know that you have an obligation of rejoicing on the eighth day of Sukkot as well? We learned in a It says in the Torah, and you shall be only happy. To come to include, when it says that, and you should only be happy, is that coming to teach you that you should also be happy on the eighth day of Sukkot or that you should also be happy on the first day of Sukkot? In other words, it says in the Torah that you should be happy for the seven days of Sukkot. It then says, when it says, is that coming to add an additional day at the end of Sukkot or an additional day at the beginning of Sukkot? When it says, when it says, and only, it's coming to say that only the last day, not the first day. When what made you think to say that it was including the last day of Sukkot and nothing else? And to exclude the first day of Sukkot. Let us include the final night, in other words, the eighth night, which is really Shemini Atzeres, that you're going to be bringing an offering earlier on that day, on the, in other words, the seventh day. And therefore, I will exclude the first night of Sukkot when there is no opportunity to bring an offering beforehand because that is not yet Sukkot at all. New Mishnah. Sukkot Shiva, the Sukkot is in seven days. Kate said, how do you do this? Gomer Milachal, when you finish your last meal on the seventh day, you should not take down your Sukkot because you might still need it if you want to learn Torah, if you want to sleep, if you want to eat. You should take out your vessels already from your sukkah into the house, already starting in the afternoon. Why? 
because you want to honor the last day of the Chag. So you want to start getting ready for Shmini Atzeres. We're talking about in Israel over here, where you have seven days of Sukkot, and then the eighth day, in other words, the seventh day is also Hoshana Rabbah, the last day of Cholamoid, right? And then the eighth day is Shmini Atzeres. So in the afternoon of Hoshana Rabbah in Israel, you're done with the Sukkah. You don't take it down, but you do bring in the vessels to start setting the table for the nighttime meal. If you have no vessels to bring inside, what do you do? Mara asks the obvious question. If you have no vessels, then what were you using when you're in your sukkah in the first place? What rather, what it means is you don't have any vessels, you don't have any place to put your vessels. In other words, the only place where you eat is actually where the sukkah is. What do you do? You should take out four tfachim of the roof of the sukkah and showing that it's no longer a kosher sukkah. He says you should light a candle inside the sukkah. We learned earlier that um, on, on that, uh, somewhere towards the end of the chafs, we learned that you're not supposed to light a candle inside of a small sukkah because it's not going to smell good. And therefore, if you lit a candle inside this area, it's clear that it's no longer a sukkah, but now it's a regular house. And there's no, no discussion over here. The question is like this. The question of when you should make a hole in the roof and when you should actually light a candle. Well, you should make a hole in the roof on, in Babel. I'm sorry. In, in Babel, you should light a candle. In Israel, you should make a hole in the roof. Why? Because in Israel, it is for sure not sukkah anymore. And therefore, make a hole in the roof because you don't need to eat in the sukkah anymore. In Babel, since it is a doubt if it's sukkah or not, therefore, you should not make a hole. You should actually light a candle instead. Gemara now says, Hatenach sukkah katana. This works in a small sukkah that you solve the problem that you shouldn't be eating in the sukkah anymore if it's no longer sukkah by bringing a candle in. But a large sukkah, you're allowed to bring a lamp in even during the regular seven days of sukkahs. What's, how are you going to indicate that it's no longer sukkahs? You should bring into it your eating utensils. says, The pots and pans, you should leave them outside of the sukkah. The things that you drink from, they should be brought into the sukkah. So if you bring in your eating utensils, you make it clear that it is clearly no longer sukkah. This indicates that sukkah is open. How do you do the, the libation, the pouring of the water? You have a golden vessel or flask, right, that had three lug worth of water in it. And you would fill up three lugs in You would fill it up from the Shiloach, which is the spring underneath, uh, you know, under the city of Jerusalem. You get to the water gate. They would blow a tekiah, a trua, and then a tekiah. Allah bekeves. He would kayin would then go up on the ramp of the altar, and then upana lusmele he would turn towards his left. Shnei safalim, where there were two silver bowls. Shall kesef hayusham. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, shall sid. They were actually of Sid Hayu. They were made out of plaster. But they looked like um, silver because they had gotten darkened from the wine that was poured into them. And they had a hole in them. Like two little noses, right? And these two holes, one of them was a wider opening, one of them was a more narrow opening. So that they should both empty out into the same at the same rate of, of um, displacement, right? And the Gemara is going to explain that one of them was for water, one of them was for wine. Wine goes more slowly, so it had a wider uh, spout. Water goes faster, so it had a narrower spout, and yet it would still have the same exact rate of displacement. 
Shell Mayim, my rabbi shall Mayim is Rachel shall Yayin. The one on the west was for water, the one on the east was for wine. Iro shall Mayim, Latech shall Yayin. Let's say you ended up pouring the one of water into the one of wine. Shall Yayin, Latech shall Mayim, and the one of wine into the one of water. Yatza, after the fact, you still fulfilled your obligation. Using one lug, not three lugin, you would do the water libation all eight days and not only seven days. And to the one who is doing the libation, they used to say, lift up your hand when you're pouring the water into the bowl. Because one time, a certain man who was a tzaduki, he poured out the water over his feet. And everyone threw their esregim at him. Because the Tudukim who did not believe in Nisach HaMayim, because it's not written in the Torah, so he didn't want to do Nisach HaMayim, so he protested basically and did it differently, and they all threw a sregim at him, at him out of their anger. The way it is done during the week, so too it is done on Shabbos. They would fill up the, a golden barrel on Erev Shabbos, and, and um, that was not holy. From the Shiloh thing. Then they would place it in a, in a special chamber in the base of Mekdash. If it spills, Nishkalsa, if it became uncovered, they would refill it from the Kior. The Kior was okay because the Kior, they used to, as we learned in Yuma, they would actually put it down, they would, through their levers and pulley system, they would lower it into the ground. Now, why did they have to ensure that it was covered? Because wine and water that is uncovered are puzzle or invalid to be brought on the altar. So they have to make sure this water had to be collected before Yom Tif, because you can't collect it on Yom Tif. But they also had to make sure that it was not uncovered before Yom Tif. So they would keep it in this, in this barrel. If it got uncovered, they would use water from the Kiyor instead. Minahani mili. How do you know that you should blow the shaifer when you are doing the water libation? Okay. Amar Rav Ina. Rav Ina says, the Amar Krat says in the Pasuk, Usha'aftim mayim besasun. And you shall take out water besasun with, with joy. Hanu mine. There are once two minim. Chad shemei sasun. The chad shemei simcha. One of them's name was uh, simcha. One of them's name was sasun, right? Happiness and gladness. Amalei sasun the simcha. Sasun says the simcha. And now adifna better than you. Dechsev as it is written. Sasun v'simcha yasigu. It says in Yeshayo, it says that they will have sasun and simcha. And sasun came first. So the other guy responds, Simcha Lesasun, Anna, Diftaminach, I'm better than you. Simcha Vesasun by Yehudim. It says the Jews had Simcha and then Sasun. Sasun came second. Amalei Sasun Simcha. Chad Yema, one day, Shavkucha, they will take you out. Vishivucha Prankna, they will make you into Prankna. Diftaminach, as it is written, Kiba Simcha Tetzeyu, for with Simcha will they go out. Amalei Simcha Lesasun, Simcha said back to Sasun. Chad Yema Shavkucha, Umolobach Maya, one day they'll take you out and they'll fill you up with water. As it's written, and should be, the water will be taken out with Sasson. So this min, this heretic, his name was Sasson. He says to Rebabo, You are destined to take out water for me in the world to come. As it's written, and then you, shall, then you shall draw water with Sasson. So Rebabo responds to him. If it was written four or two sasson, then maybe you'd be right, like you said. Now that it says with, with sasson, it must mean that you actually are going to stretch you out and turn you into the water skin. And that will be what we fill up with water. And we'll fill you with water. I'm not going to draw in water for you. I'm not going to be your servant. You're going to be the, the servant for us. Right? Clearly there's a veiled conversation happening over here. Allah Bekavesh, the Panel Ismaili. 
The Kayan goes up onto the Kavesh and then he turns to his left. We learned in a Rice. Anybody goes up to Mizbeach, they go up and then they turn towards the right. And then they go down, the yard and Derek small, and they go down towards their left. Except for those who go up, for these three matters. They go up on the left side, and then they turn on their heel and go back the same way. And these are they. The pouring out of the water, the pouring out of the wine. And the oil of an oif, of a bird offering, when the altar was full on its, um, on its, uh, the southeast side, where typically the sacrifice was done. So he said that these, these uh, two containers became dark like silver, even though they're made out of plaster. The one that actually put the wine into it each day, that makes sense that it turns dark like silver. But the one that you put silver in, why is it dark? Even though since Mar said that if you got mixed up and you mix, put the one of water one of wine into the one of water or the one of water into the one of wine, your yaitza shall then even even the um that even the one that you do put water into, since sometimes you might occasionally put a wine by mistake, it will also turn dark. and they're open like two different narrow holes in a nose. Let's say our Mishnah must be Rabbi Huda's opinion. We learned in the Mishnah with one log of wine, they would do the libation all eight days. Because if it would be the Chachamim, then why can't they just pour them out together? Because there are three logs of each. Even according to the Chachamim, the reason why we have different size is not because they're different amounts, even if they're the same amounts. The wine is more viscous. Maya Kalish, the water is more fluid. It goes faster. Achinam, Stavra, this makes sense. Well, the Rabbi Huda, because if it would be Rabbi Huda, Rachav, the Katzer Isle. It should have said the difference between Rachav, it said Rachav and Katzer, right? The, um, the wider and narrower, the Tanya, we learned in Abaisa. Yehuda Eimer. Shnei Kashvais, Hayusham, there are two vessels there. Echad Shal Mayim, Echad Shal Yayin. One is made out of wine, one is made out of water. Shal Yayin Pia Rachav, the wine vessel was wide. Shalmayim pia katzer. The water vessel was narrow. Kadesh yushneim, so that both of them kulan bevas achas, kulan bevas achas, that they would get emptied at the same time. Shmamina, that this is so. Marava is shalmayim, the one on the west was for water. Tanra banu, we learned in Rabaisa. Maisibit seduki echa, chenisach gabiragdal. There was one seduki who, instead of pouring out the water libation on the mizbeach, he poured it out on his feet instead. Pragmu kalaamba esregayan, and the entire people threw their esregim at him. And on that day, the horn of the Mizbeach became damaged. And they brought a big clod of salt. And they, cut, they stopped it up with the, they opened up, they filled in the crack with a clod of salt. Not because that actually would render it able to do the Abayda there once again, the service there once again. But rather, just so that the Mizbeach wouldn't look damaged. How do we know that it wouldn't be possible to do the, the service there while it has a hole in the Karen, in the horn? Turn the page now. Any Mizbeach that does not have a ramp, that does not have a horn, that does not have the foundation, and does not have a square shape, it is invalid for service in the Mizbeach. So therefore, it must be that when they put this clot of salt there, it wasn't actually fixing it and rendering it able to be used for the service, but rather the only thing that it was doing is it was making it look nicer, but not because it was actually going to render it valid to be used for service. Until it got fixed, it would not have been valid to be used. Okay. We stopped over here, guys.
Take care. We'll see you tomorrow night, Bezrat Hashem, at 9.05. Good night.